Welcome to another episode of the official podcast of The Unsexy Startup with your host, Samai Parikh, along with the man, Raj Singh, who helped me put this podcast together. If this is your first time tuning in, The Unsexy Startup is made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We dive into the reality of growing a startup and how to overcome specific challenges while doing so. Our main mission is to help current and aspiring entrepreneurs build more resilience. On this episode, we have Sean Harper, the co-founder and CEO of Kin, on to talk about embracing the unsexy and using it as leverage to build a kick-ass company. Other insurance companies ask pages and pages of arcane and mundane questions, and homeowners usually have trouble steering through the manual process of getting home insurance. Kin uses the internet to gather that data automatically and asks you for confirmation, saving you time and hassle. Before Kin, Sean was the founder of Fee Fighters, a platform that focused on providing better credit card processing options. Fee Fighter was later sold to Groupon. Sean, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's dive right into the questions, Sean. Tell us more about your story and how you transitioned into starting Kin. Yeah, you know, so like I've been working on online financial services stuff for a long time and uh, have learned a lot. My last business was a payments business. And learned a lot about what what it takes to to actually take a sort of old school financial products and make it to arm it with more data and bring it online to make it more user friendly. And then I was buying a house, uh, my first house, like four years ago, and I ran into this kind of crazy old school experience of trying to insure that house. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that have had similar experience. Where I'm, you're buying a house, you have all the stuff you have to do, you have to get it painted and move your furniture, your old place. And the list is almost endless. Move stuff. And, and kind of in the middle, the, the mortgage guy was like, oh, hey, you need insurance, right? Like you should call your insurance broker. It's like, my what? Insurance broker? What is that? Do you mean like, like Geico, I guess? And, and after that, I was sucked into this crazy process of, you know, filling out paperwork and all the insurance companies wanted to know you have lots of detailed information about this house that I didn't even live in yet. Silly things like, oh, what kind of shingles are on the roof? And how old is the roof? And how many feet of fencing do you have? And what's the replacement cost of your garage? Like, I don't know. Like, what, why are you asking me all these things? And and that sort of put me onto this, uh, the idea of you know, making home insurance more efficient. And what we've come up with is a way to insure your house in a few minutes just by typing in your address. You can do it all online. You don't need to deal with any legacy brokers. And because we cut out all of this sort of excess back and forth in the middlemen and uh, are using a lot more data in our underwriting pricing model than has been historically used, we're also able to, in addition to making it a lot easier, removing pain from someone when they're, you know, really don't need more things to worry about. Uh, we're also able to do it for cheaper, which I think everybody appreciates. So it's quite interesting, actually. It's, it's it's pretty cool to hear that the number one issue you've solved, and for a lot of people as well, was just right in front of you with your own personal experience in your own life. And it's, it's quite interesting. Most of the biggest problems that we're trying to solve, a lot of them tend to be right under our nose. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, every, every day, I think people run into things that they're frustrated with. And you know, it's really fun to to be able to solve one of those. And it's it's exciting to hear about your story and, and how Kin has launched. And so since Kin has launched, what has been your most euphoric high through your venture? Uh, we've been growing really fast. And, you know, I think the, the most exciting thing was, you know, we're we're very tenacious. And what whatever 
whatever it takes to get customers to make the product what they want, we will do. And we'll try and try and try and iterate and iterate and iterate like like any good startup people were. What was really exciting about this one was we put it out there and almost immediately there was demand. Like you could feel it. We were like, we watched our numbers double every single month. It, actually, more than double every single month since we've launched. And it's just like, wow, we totally have product market fit. We were actually right about all these assumptions that we made about what users wanted. Uh, so that's been very exciting. It's it's fun to be right. That's crazy, man. And how how long were you in shock when you found that product market fit? Because I know it's it sometimes it takes super long to find it, and like once you hit it, it just like skyrockets from there. Yeah, well, this was an interesting one because one of the one of the things that's really hard about doing a financial product is it takes a lot of work before you can even launch. Because they're regulated, because it requires capital and reserves and licenses, and actually a lot of really complicated software, it's kind of harder to do the lean startup thing and put something you know minimal out there and see what people do with it. Because putting something minimal out there might actually be illegal, and you know you don't want to break the law because that'll put an end to your company very quickly. So we actually spent more than a year building this thing before we could really sign up any users. And so it was a little bit different. We were, we were fortunate that we got product market fit pretty much out of the gate after launch. Um, and we had experimented with some other, you know, sort of uh, proxies for whether there would be demand for this or not, uh, sort of like marketing tests. But we weren't able to, it, it took more than a year to actually build the product that, that we launched initially. Interesting. So, I mean, as, as we know, the highlights, Sean, never come without the lowlights. Uh, what do you feel was the unsexiest moment that gave you a huge lesson in that listeners can apply to their own endeavors as well? Yeah. Um, so one of the things, so I was fortunate in that I was able to sell my last, my last startup and, and develop a little bit of a track record. And that made it easy for us to raise our very first, I mean, small, like, you know, half a million dollars round just from people we knew, from other entrepreneurs. And coming out of that, we, we went into um, uh, to, to 500 startups, to, to a startup incubator. And we were really planning on, on using the demo day for that to raise a larger round of capital that would allow us to, to build the product we wanted. Because it does take a few million bucks to do, to do a financial product and do it right. And we just totally did it. <laughs> like, pretty much every, a lot of things went wrong. And so we had to gut it out. We actually had to live through the... If, if the first milestone was, um, hey, let's build an MVP and get, get some marketing tests. And the second was, let's build the product right so that it's compliant. It's, it's something that we're actually proud of. And the third was, let's get some users. We, we sort of had to go through, we had to skip one of those milestones and, and do it on the existing capital. And that meant uh, that meant that I had to like, I, I had to pay payroll for a few months out of my own checkbook, uh, which was really awful. And, you know, it, it just was sort of six months of this frustration of like, you know, we really believe in what we're doing, but we can't get anybody to, to invest in it, you know, at the scale that we want to. And so that was very frustrating. As we were talking about this, even with, with Fee Fighters and, of course, you know, previous company getting acquired by Groupon, why do you feel, I remember you were saying that the magic is in the unsexy. Uh, why do you feel that is? A few things. I mean, so I, I think there are, two, there are two types of unsexy that I think are important. The first is, uh, what, what is the product that you're doing? And, you know, the, most of the economy is not stuff that's going to be on the front page of Wired. 
most of what matters to people and makes their lives work on a daily basis are actually kind of boring behind the scenes things like, you know, like, like insurance or like credit card processing or garbage collection. And there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Construction that, that makes up a huge part of the economy that people don't really like to think about because it's not cool. It's not a social app. It's not a game. It's not a dating app. It's not, it's not something people might use every single day, but it, it's something that they depend upon. And and I like saying Fee Fighters was, was very much one of those. You know, payment processing at the time was not something anyone was thinking about. There was a bunch of stodgy old banks that were that were doing it. Um, insurance was kind of like that before before we started Kin. And and those just a lot of the times are, are really overlooked, but they're they're great opportunities to impact people's lives in a positive way with technology, because you take something that people were, were not happy with and you make them happy with it. The other type of unsexy is just gritting it out, doing stuff that's not fun. And and that's the other thing about doing a startup is, you know, I, I'm a dad. I have two little kids. Uh, most days, they're way harder <laughs> than they are satisfying. Um, and and you don't actually have that much control over how they turn out. And I think that's, that's often that, – that's really true of startups as well is most of the work that you have to do day to day is really kind of shitty. Like – you have to read a lot of boring in my, in this gig and kin. You need to deal with a lot of customers who have difficult issues. You need to read a lot of really boring documents about insurance. You need to write a lot of code that nobody will ever see because it's applying underwriting rules behind the scenes. It, it's kind of boring, and and it's not something that you'll get a lot of appreciation for doing right. But but it's it's a uh, it's still important, and if you do it right. The customer will actually uh, you, you you can abstract away all of the difficulty for the customer, and it'll be something that they actually don't they don't need to worry about it anymore. And and that's that's what I really like doing about you know, if if I take on all of this unsexy grunt work and I'm able to put it inside of a computer, that means that I just made it so that all of these people no longer have to worry about those kind of icky details anymore. So so those are the two types of unsexy. It's the unsexy bringing sanity and tech to the unsexy industry and then just doing sort of the the boring nuts and bolts work that is necessary to do to uh to to get a startup off of the ground i see and and what part of that grind do you like about unsexy startups and i really appreciate you going in detail about the hustling getting the coding in the back door which nobody knows about nobody sees of course, everybody always sees the, the skeleton of everything, but to, to really build something, what part do you exactly take pride in? What was that one part that was like, this is where the magic is exactly? Whether it was through business development, what was your what was your specialty going into this that you were full on with? Uh, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I, I don't think about it like that. You know, I, I think that what is necessary to make a startup successful is that you will do whatever it takes. And the doing whatever it takes is usually a combination of a lot of little and and that that sort of context switching can be really hard. If I go in the very very early days, uh, you have to spend a huge amount of time talking to customers to figure out what they want, sort of map your capability set onto what they need. Um, you spend a lot of time writing writing sort of crappy versions of the product and then throwing it away as you realize what's working and what's not working. You need to do a bunch of stuff that that really is sort of overhead of of a company, like getting office space, recruiting. You know, uh, dealing with taxes and accounting, and, and it's just stuff that no one really wants to do. But if you push through it, eventually, uh, uh, <laughs> you have to push through it, or or you won't get anywhere. It's a little bit of everything, and, and 
I think that's one of the difficulties of it. And and just one, I always ask my question to this, uh, always ask this question to my founders. You know, I always say, ask, what would you tell yourself at the beginning of your startup career, even when, when you were starting Fee Fighters, your younger self, what would you tell them now that you know you know now that you would tell them before? I think not to not to think too small. You know, I, I think that there's especially outside of Silicon Valley, outside of San Francisco, there's a tendency for entrepreneurs to think too small and sort of try to fit a little bit too much into the way the world is. And uh, the, the problem is that when you do that, it's really hard to capture people's excitement. It's harder to recruit. It, you don't have as good of a story to tell the user. It's harder to get press. It's harder to raise money. Be ambitious. Pick off a small part of something, but it needs to be a small part of something that can be huge. And have a vision for making things perfect. Uh, not, not for just making slight incremental improvement. But you lay out the vision for making things exactly the way they should be and the path that involves a lot of small incremental improvements that get you there. I, I don't think I did as good a job of that at the beginning. I would sort of tackle the opportunity right in front of me and it led to sort of, I would led to an okay outcome, but uh, not as quickly or decisively as it should have been. Sean, thank you so much for the interview today. And for our listeners, I'm going to attach the Kin link in this description below. They can access the web website if they need uh, the home insurance for themselves. And I'll also like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Go Moment, Quake Capital, and Startup Boost for helping me put this podcast together. If this podcast helped you or you learned something new, please leave an iTunes rating by going to the link I provided below and also leaving some suggestions. Until next episode, this is Samai Parikh signing out. <laughs>